Thank you. That was wonderful. Um, I've been asked to do the opening treatment today, so I would invite you to just close your eyes. For myself, I always like to plant both feet of, of mine on the floor and just allow myself to become grounded. Knowing that today is a beautiful day. Today, we recognize God, we recognize spirit, recognize the one divine presence, the divine light, love, energy, beauty, source. And knowing that I am always connected to this energy. It flows through me, it creates every moment, it guides me through every decision. And I know that I can use this source, this energy, to create the life that I want to live. That I know that I am free, that I am limitless, that I am abundant in love, in hugs, in money, in opportunities, and that I have the chance to reap all the benefits of this beautiful spiritual community and that this this time together allows us to come and draw closer to spirit and to that place where we know that we are infinite. And I'm so grateful for this community. I'm so grateful for the wonderful woman that is about to speak and share her wisdom. I am so grateful for this time and for this practice, this place to practice our spirituality. I am so deeply grateful and I appreciate every moment that I have here. I release these knowings into the universe, knowing they are already so, and I invite you to say with me, and so it is. I also get to introduce our wonderful speaker today. So this morning's speaker has been a part of our community for over 15 years, serving as a staff minister for the last five years. She has worn many hats in that time. President of the board, leader and practitioner, leader of the practitioner corps, fundraising committee chair, stewardship committee, chair of the new building committee, gala chair, Sunday excellence leader, teacher and practitioner, just to name a few. Today, we are delighted to welcome to the stage Reverend Tammy Banting, speaking on listening to the voice of spirit within. As I mentioned in the first um, service this morning, that if you are up here doing a talk, you need to wear something with a belt to hook this thing to. Otherwise, you have to set it here. So that's why that's there. So, so good morning, everyone. As we begin, good morning. As we begin this morning's message, I have two questions for you. First, I want you to think about or bring to mind a longing you may have in your life. It may be around a change of careers, opening a small business, a change in relationship, an adventure that you would like to take, or a challenge that you would like to try your hand at. Maybe it's learning to sing or writing a book, a little voice inside you that is trying to get your attention about some circumstance in your life, and for some reason you haven't heeded that voice yet. So just think about that for a moment. The second question I have is, does anyone out there know CPR? Someone? Okay, good, that's great. 
The reason I asked you the first question is because me being here this morning, standing on this stage, is a result of me listening to that little voice within me, the one I had been ignoring, the one that said, get up there and present a Sunday talk. You can do it. As you may or may not know, this is my very first time, today is my very first time, delivering the Sunday talk after being a minister here for five years. <laughs> In listening to Stacy's Sunday talk last week, she too had experienced the same inner message, and last Sunday was her first Sunday talk, and she did an amazing job. Yeah, she did. As I tell my story this morning about my experience with Spirit speaking to me, I want you to think about what the voice within you may be asking you to listen to. I invite you to think about your own experience. The second question was to confirm someone here knows CPR, because if I have a heart attack from fear of public speaking up here this morning, it would be nice to know that there's someone out there that could help me. Though the CPR remark is, a, is in jest, it represents all the reasons why we don't do or be something we are called to do or be. It's the story that we make up about our desires or longings that keep us from pursuing them. It's the way our fears keep us safe, keep us comfortable, and keep us stuck. Some of the reason it, it has taken me so long to get up here to present the Sunday talk look like this. What if I'm nervous? What if my hands shake? What if I lose my place in this talk? What if my voice cracks? What if I'm just not very good? What if? So if these uncomfortable feelings come up for any of us around any longings we have in life, then the million-dollar question is, why don't we just not do it? Why don't we just walk away from the idea or the longing? Jerry Seinfeld said, according to most studies, people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Death is number two? Does that sound right? This means to the average person, if you go to a funeral, would rather be in the casket than delivering the eulogy. <laughs> if this is actually true, then why am I up here this morning? Last week, Stacy had talked about the seeds that we are planting. This week, I want to talk about the thing that happens before we plant our seeds. It is listening and heeding the message. Which individual seeds are yours to plant? The seeds begin with the small voice. We know this because the seeds you are planting for your life may be different than the seeds planted by me, your friends, or your family. They are our own individualized seeds that make themselves known from the deepest parts of ourselves. They begin with the voice of spirit. I am here because the same voice of spirit within me is the one that resides in every one of us, the small voice within us that won't let go. It may be ignored for a while, but it never completely disappears. I'd like to share a little bit of my experience with this voice, and I have been coming to the center for about 15 years now. I have the same story about coming here as many of you do. And mine starts with a book study that one of my coworkers was doing. She was reading the book Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov, which happened to be the same book I was reading. When I asked her about it, she said she was doing a book study at the Center for Spiritual Awareness, which we used to be called here. And she mentioned that the center had a Sunday service if I was interested in checking it out. 
So I headed over here the very next Sunday, and like many of you again, and many of my students have said over the years, I immediately knew I had found my spiritual home. It was crystal clear that this teaching is what I had been longing for, a longing in me which I would come to learn was the voice of spirit that was beginning to be revealed. I signed up for the newcomers class, which back then was called the covenant class, and started attending Sundays. Once I did the intro class, I then signed up for the foundations class. So any first-timers here today, just know that I started exactly where you are, so someday you could be up here too. From there, I continued to take classes, and Dr. Ernest Holmes in The Science of Mind had given me a path and a purpose for my life. I continued until I had all the prerequisites and more for doing practitioner training, and the voice of spirit within me revealed a desire to become a practitioner. Through all of this, I began getting clearer and clearer as to how the principles learned here and the teachings of Dr. Holmes could truly lead my life in a more spirit-driven, conscious way. It provided me a toolbox to navigate my life with. Affirmative prayer and spiritual practice continued to reveal the voice of spirit within me. The idea of oneness and co-creation working in my life became the norm instead of some mystery that up to that point had been difficult to understand. Understanding our own consciousness and race consciousness and how they determine what we are manifesting in our life, giving up the idea of judging anything as good or bad and just knowing that it just is, really exploring the idea that no matter what it may appear to be, and sometimes it doesn't appear to be very good, that everything that happens to us is happening for us, and simply asking, what is there for me to know about this? Learning to, as Dr. Patrick says, stay awake in our lives. As I became more awake, that little voice inside me suggested that I go through to ministry. Now, I distinctly remember when I was a kid being asked what I want to be when I grew up. Nowhere, no way did I ever say a religious science minister. What did this voice of spirit recognize about me that I didn't even recognize about myself? Now, remember at the beginning of the talk, I asked you to keep your story, your desires, your longing in mind while listening to my story. What does spirit have in mind for you? As it is quite apparent now, I did say yes and began on my ministerial path. At that time, you needed to be a minister to teach accredited classes, and the one thing I did know for certain, I wanted to teach and share the teachings of Ernest Holmes that had changed my life in such a profound way. It was an amazing experience to pursue this path. It was hard work, it was enlightening and interesting. It required me to go deeper than I had ever gone before. It challenged my true belief system about myself. And at times, the course was painful as I uncovered and re-examined my deeply held ideas of the world and myself. Spirit's guidance had not let me down. It was right. This was my path, and I was so stoked when I became Reverend Tammy. Well, I was quite content with the completion of my spiritual pursuits. I'd listened to spirit when it told me to seek a new spiritual home, and I said yes to taking classes, was excited at following spirit's voice when it said, take this to the next level and become a practitioner, and then hesitated a bit, perhaps, when it started whispering about a path of ministry, but then jumped in and embraced the idea of dancing with the divine in even a deeper way. 
I started teaching classes, which I absolutely love to do, and as I have said many times, it is the reason I became a minister. <sighs> and then it happened. One day while I was listening to Dr. Patrick speak, I heard a small voice inside me say, I wonder what it would be like to get up there and deliver that Sunday message. And I thought, that's funny. Go away idea. Go away voice, whatever you are. The thought of standing up here in front of all of you evoked sheer panic. As time went on, Dr. Patrick invited me to deliver the Sunday message on a few different occasions and was very sweet as I graciously declined, convincing myself that there were many other willing Sunday speakers in our community. Reverend Connie, Reverend Catherine, as well as other people who gladly took the podium. In fact, Reverend Connie had told me a story about her giving her first speech in grade four, I think she said it was, and she had thoroughly enjoyed public speaking since then. I mean, why would I speak on Sunday if someone actually thoroughly enjoyed it? I had successfully quieted the voice of spirit for a time. I joyfully went forward doing staff minister duties for a while, and then again, out of the blue, tap, 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 again on my proverbial shoulder. Tammy, you should get up there and deliver that Sunday talk. Well, I knew there was one talk I did want to deliver, and that was with spirit. And it went something like this. Listen, spirit, I know you have a great track record. I concede that up till this moment, you've been 100% correct. Humankind has depended on you since time began for guidance and inner wisdom. But you got this one wrong. <laughs> There is no way I ever want to get up on that stage and deliver that Sunday message. Maybe it's another tall girl with short hair that wants to be up here. Maybe you got your lines crossed. I can assure you I don't want to and certainly do not have what it takes to be up on that stage delivering any Sunday talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, it went silent for a time. So what is this voice inside of us? What is the source? Why does it persist in small and large ways? How does it serve us, and why does it terrify us at times? Which voice is the voice of God and which is not? And how do we connect more fully with it? Let's start with this voice, in, uh, sorry, let's start with what this voice is inside of us and its source. It's the voice of the divine within you. Spirit's longing for you is that you reach your full potentiality as a personalized expression of God, where God's fullest expression of itself is realized through your fullest expression of you. All the gifts, your passions, the creativity, the talents, your ideas, the ingenuity you have, and all of it that you bring to this earthly plane is longing to be expressed. Why does it persist in small and large ways? It persists because it is the way the universe, which is always in motion, stays in motion. It is called the voice of divine discontent. It shows up even when you feel like your life is going merrily along. Things might even be going quite well for you, and you are feeling quite content. But then Spirit says, there is more in store for you. You are here to do and be more, to fully experience your birthright in a way that is unique to you. 
It is the creative spark that keeps you spiraling upward to your divine ideal as Thomas Chord describes it. This longing within you is the same longing within all of us, and it is responsible for the progress humans have made since the beginning of time. It is the reason that we have discovered DNA, the internet, the Beatles, the light bulb, bubble gum, classical music, and the wheel. It's the reason that we search for love and fulfillment in all areas of our lives. It's the reason you have studied business, engineering, being a life coach, an astronaut, or a gourmet cook. It's the reason you are a mom or a dad. If one of your children has come home and said he or she wants to learn to play the drums, to learn to speak French, or eliminate world hunger, that is the voice of the divine within them. And it is the keeper of all our greatest longings, big or small. It takes this job very seriously. And that is why it may be quieted for a time, but it won't be completely diminished. It knows your gifts and talents and won't let you forget about them, even though that may feel safer to you. Where would we be if the Wright brothers would have heard this voice and taken the safe path and ignored it? What about Nelson Mandela, Steve Jobs, Mother Teresa, or Ernest Holmes? What if their gifts to the world could have been extinguished simply by dismissing the voice of the divine within themselves? So why does it terrify us at times? One word, fear. In some ways, we view fear as a friend who keeps us safe. It may be our constant companion, one that actually feels comfortable because we've known it for so long. It keeps us from stepping out into the unknown, into our true potentiality. If we just keep doing what we are doing, somehow we feel safer. We may not feel challenged, truly loved, creative, abundant, or healthy, but we feel safe. This voice is the one that comes from our head. Our intellect, our head and our intellect, and is definitely not inspired by the divine. Any voice within us that somehow tells us that we are less than in any way is simply not the voice of spirit. If it makes us doubt our greatness, it's not our spirit voice. This is the voice of fear that has been developed in us because of messages we have taken on in our life. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I'm not smart enough, old enough, young enough, tall enough, rich enough, etc., etc. Fear can keep us from pursuing any or all of our deepest longings. As you may have already read or heard from Dr. Patrick in our last book of the month, Discovering Your Soul Signature, Panache Desai says this, Until now, the invisible voice of fear has been your constant companion. It has informed every decision and directed every choice. It is the knot in your heart that keeps you from fully loving. It has appeared at pivotal moments to steer you away from who you know you truly are. It is the voice in your head telling you no. It is the very sound of defeat. It steals your birthright from you. It robs you of yourself. Fear has served you well. It has been a good old friend until this moment. It's time. And with a friend with whom you must part ways, it's time to say thank you. 
It's time to move on into a greater relationship, a greater receptivity, a greater expression, a greater truth. It's time to embrace the fear, old friend, and say goodbye. To say you have been with me for a long time, you have been the voice in my mind to the point where I know no other. You have protected me and kept me safe, but you have served your purpose and I must go. I choose to venture past your jurisdiction. I have the courage to walk into the unknown. What if I'm nervous? What if you see my handshake? What if I lose my place in this talk? What if you hear my voice crack? And what if I'm just not very good? What if? And again, Panache says, we need to find courage, which of course is not the absence of fear, but the willingness to feel the fear and move forward anyway. Fear isn't going to kill us. It's an energy that we can allow to move through us. As I come to the end of my talk today, I will tell you that one of my desires was to be simply amazing up here, to do this talk like an old pro, to slay this dragon. But as I got quiet with myself and connected more fully with the voice, setting down the ideas of ego and working through the anxiety and fear, what was revealed was something much deeper, something that I know is much more powerful in serving my life. And I know that it will be the same for you as you listen to the voice inside of you that is propelling you forward to your next expression of your potentiality, and that is this no matter what your experience has in store for you. Complete perceived success or complete perceived failure or something in between. You have everything you need to get through it. The fact that you have had the idea means it's yours to claim. You don't need to measure up, you just need to show up. You don't need to hit a home run, but you gotta step up to bat. Either way, it changes nothing about the truth of who you really are, a perfect whole and complete expression of the divine, an individualized expression of the one, a unique, precious gift, the one and only you. Whatever happens is exactly perfect. So once again, I ask you to bring that idea or longing inside of you to mind. What are you telling yourself about what it would mean to move in that direction? What would be the one thing that you could do today to move toward it? It could simply be picturing yourself doing whatever it is that is yours to express and feeling the feeling of what it would be like to experience it. Knowing that whatever happens is right and perfect. You truly have everything you need. Stay in that energy for a moment every day. And as you plant the seed, allow the universe to conspire to make that longing, that voice of spirit within you, find its expression as you. Life begins as we step out of our comfort zone. As Panache so, so eloquently says, life continually brings us opportunity to expand who we are. It may stretch you to your very limits, but I promise, that, promise you that if you show up with your whole self, if you open yourself, you will learn that you are not walking this path alone. 
As you are being asked to do something daunting, know that the solution has already been born inside you. All that is required is for you to take the first step, then every successive step after that. Don't freeze up. Don't give up. There is nothing in life that you cannot handle. Today is that day. Today is your opportunity to say, to say yes, to give it your all, to expand your mind, to understand your true potential. We are being asked to step up because we can, to expand our own definition of who we know ourselves to be. No more excuses. And so it is. Thank you. Thank you so much. Beautiful.